verse number 13. And the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt, and thou shalt call his name John. Would you read verse 14 with me, everyone? Chapter 1 of Luke, verse 14. And thou shalt, and many shall rejoice at his birth. He shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. Would you read verse 16 with me, please, and 17? And many of the children of Israel... And the disobedient, the wisdom of the just... Our Father, I pray you please help me just to share a few thoughts, a devotional thought really more than anything tonight. I thank you for the Christmas season. And of course, they bring us just a diversity of services and an appreciation of music and then a reflection upon your first advent. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming as a, a baby and a lamb. When you come again, you'll come as a lion, the tribe of Judah with no predators. You'll be the predator, and you'll be the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Thank you for coming one day to be abused, to be used, to be bludgeoned and bruised for our iniquity. By your stripes, we find healing. Thank you, Lord, that that will never happen again. Thank you that you are coming. In the meantime, help us and give us wisdom, I pray, to love you and to love our children to you is our prayer. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. This is a wonderful story in Luke chapter 1. It's the Luke is a physician. He's a doctor. And he's very well studied. He is responsible for two books of our New Testament, the book of Luke and the book of Acts. They're two of the longest books of our New Testament. He's a fellow who is a doctor by trade, but he is definitely a researcher. He, I think, probably had the gift, if you want to talk about spiritual gifts, of teaching. He taught, uh, he wrote down things. Looks like to me, the Bible says in Luke chapter 1, that he, he interviewed eyewitnesses. He wanted to find out what happened from the very first, from the very beginning. And he evaluated, he no doubt talked to Paul, who had spent time with Jesus, possibly in Arabia, got information that he didn't know, and Paul told him, and he went and maybe interviewed in Bethlehem and found some, uh, some people who said they were related to shepherds, or maybe the innkeeper, or he evaluated some things, and he says in Luke chapter 1, having a perfect understanding of all things from the first, it seems good to me that I write unto you, O Theophilus. It's a beautiful thing. He put in print stories. He doesn't, Mark doesn't tell us this stuff. Luke uh, uh, is the one who tells us about the shepherds. He says, I think I've got it all together. Now I have an, a complete understanding of what happened from the beginning. Let me tell you that your faith can be found in certainty. So that what you've heard from the ministers of God... I have interviewed them, I've interviewed eyewitnesses, and I think I get it, and I'm going to put it down in print so you can have even more proof of what you've heard. Boy, isn't that great? Aren't you glad you have a Bible? 
I hope you'll read your Bible. hope you'll love your Bible. hope you'll spend time in the Scriptures. And he tells us this story. He doesn't start off with Mary and Joseph, as does Matthew in the New Testament. He starts off with Elizabeth and Zacharias. These are older people at this stage, but they're faithful. They're old, but they're faithful. They've got a few years on them, but they're still doing what God wants them to do. He is a priest in the tribe of Levi, and uh, he and his wife, he's in Jerusalem. They have little times of year that they have to work, and it was his turn, and he was serving. And while he was there, the angel of the Lord comes to him, the Lord comes to him and tells him, your prayer has been heard. Elizabeth's going to have a baby. And I'm sure he scratched his head and said, I haven't prayed that prayer in a long time. That would be like Elton Mock praying that. Bless his heart. Wasn't he a good innkeeper this morning? Let's give him a round of applause. That was excellent. He stood in for Brother John Williamson. He had no idea he was going to be over there wearing a dress this morning, but it just happened that way. Messing with a donkey. Did a great job, Brother Elton. But that guy, he's an older gentleman. He is working in the house of the Lord in the temple. And the Lord says, You're gonna, your wife's going to have a baby. Your prayer has been heard. He goes, I haven't prayed that prayer in a long time. He says, it's going to happen. You're going to call his name John. And he's going to bring you joy and gladness. He's going to be separated. He's going to be great in the sight of the Lord, and he's going to be separated from wine or strong drink, and he's not going to think like this world thinks. He's going to be very different than, your, than the average kid. And he's going to turn people's hearts back to the Lord. He's going to remind fathers that their attention is to their children. And children, you need to give your attention to your dad. Your mom, and you're gonna, just going to turn the hearts of children to their parents and vice versa. He's going to be used of God, and he's going to turn many to the Lord. He's an old man. I'm not very old, I don't think, 54 years old. But I do know, just by spending a little bit of time with grandchildren, I know why God gives us children in our 20s and 30s. I don't, as much as I love kids, I don't think I want to raise another one at this stage of my life. I'll be glad when Preston and Ruby take her home, <laughs> and Phil and Lydia take our babies home. We like having them, but they go, because we're not, we're not, but they were given the responsibility to raise a child, and a very special child. For all the young people listening, I want you to listen to this. The same attributes that John the Baptist have, you ought to have. Chris ought to have it. Dianara ought to have it. Donna, you ought to have it. JJ ought to have it. Every one of us ought to have these attributes inside of us. Number one, we should share for our parents joy and gladness. If you were to go to Long Beach, California and go to the Forest Lawn Cemetery, you're going to find a place that Miss Linda and I have been many times. It's a grave marker. And nine feet under that grade marker is the body of the son that we uh, gave birth to, and he was born in Bellflower, California. There he lays his, in his bodily form. He's with the Lord now. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. 
But there's a grave marker, and it says Tyler Mark Wilkerson. And then on there it says his birth date, which is the 27th day of February, 19, or excuse me, uh, 2000, what is it, 1991. And then he'll have his death day on August the 15th, 2008. But on there it will say, he brought us joy. Lynn and I were reading Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 24, where the Bible says, he that begetteth a wise son shall have joy of him. Young person, if there's anything you should do in your life, you should bring your mom and dad joy. You want to strengthen your parents? The joy of the Lord is your... Every child ought to say, you know what? I'm going to bring joy to my parents. Let me tell you how you do that. You exercise wisdom, and especially when you're not with them. It's one thing to say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. Here, make your bed. Okay, I'll do that. Or take the garbage out. Yes, I'll do that. It's another thing to behave yourself when you're not with your mom and dad. To make sure that when you're not with them, they, get, they hear what you do. They see what you do. They'll find out. One of the things that blessed our hearts so much, and I don't want to belabor it, but I'll, I'll just not forget it. When our son went home to be with the Lord, many of his friends came over. And they just talked to us about Tyler. They talked to about things that we didn't know about him. I mean, he said, they said, listen, this is how Tyler would be with us. And he would say, he'd be, he'd be talking, he'd be going, <laughs> and then he'd just be goofing around. He's always, always a party looking for a place to happen. He said, when you would call him, he would, yes, sir, uh-huh, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. And he'd be, he'd be so crazy, and all of a sudden, yes, sir, uh-huh, yeah, I'll take care of it. Yes, sir, uh-huh, yes, sir. And then he would hang up, and he'd go back to his same old self. He said, Pastor Wilkerson, you need to know that Tyler wanted to be married early. He always talked about getting married. He said, I'm going to get married when I was young. I'm going to get married. I'm going to get married. He said, I said, do you have a girlfriend? He said, no, he didn't have a girlfriend. He just wanted to get married. <laughs> I said, well, that's pretty cool. I hope he saw something in mom and dad that we happy married too. So he maybe wanted to do that. But he said, they said this, and, and I love this. They said, you know, sometimes we were thinking about doing things, thinking about doing things, and we suggest to do something. And more than just a few times, Tyler would say, no, count me out. I think that would hurt my mom and dad. I think that would hurt my mom and dad. And we had probably 10, 12 boys sit around and say, oh, yeah. If he thought that it would be bad, if he did something that would get back to you and hurt you, he would just like, nope, I'm not in. Because I don't want to hurt my mom and dad. Boys and girls, to be like John the Baptist, you're going to bring joy and gladness to your parents, not sadness. Not, not. If they ask you to cut your hair, cut your hair. They tell you to tuck your shirt in, tuck your shirt in. They ask you to go shave, young men, go shave. They tell you to do something, girls, do it. And do it quickly, do it gladly, do it obediently, do it immediately, do it sweetly. He said John the Baptist, and he would have elderly parents, but he brought them joy and gladness. I want to encourage you to bring joy and gladness. The Bible says that he would be great in the sight of the Lord. Every teenager, every young person, you ought to ask God, God, Use my life. 
I want to be great in your sight. Every once in a while I'll say this, because I heard it somewhere and it reminds me. I've got nothing to prove and I've got one person to please. Young people, you care so much more about what everybody else thinks about you instead of what God thinks about you. It's natural to have some personal, like, insecurities, like, well, no, they're going to laugh at me. They're going to do this. If I wear this, if I go this, if I don't get to go to this party, or if mom and dad, you say no to this, then everybody's going to laugh at me. You know what matters most is what God thinks about you. He said he'll be great in the sight of the Lord. The Bible tells us not only will he bring joy and gladness to his parents, but he'll be great in the sight of the Lord. Number two, he'll be separated unto God. He'll not drink alcohol. That was one of the things that made him great. Young people, I don't, I don't understand this for the life of me. By God's grace, to my knowledge, I've never had alcohol to my lips. And I, I'm glad I don't know what it's like. I can't tell you I've never been curious about it. I can't tell you I've never been tempted to do it or been asked to do it. I'm just glad I never have. We live in a day, and I don't know why it is, many of our adults in this room, they came to know Christ out of wicked lifestyles. And some clown, some teenager, some young adult, all of a sudden, they're running back into the life that their parents said goodbye to. They've been sheltered from all the pain and the difficulties, and then they're, they're, they're posting things on Instagram and Facebook or, or uh, whatever, and they've got alcohol like they're proud of it. Drives me crazy. Watching, out, watching athletics. It's the most stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. They pan over to, uh, pan over to fans, and they just take a drink and go, oh, I'm on TV. <laughs> They show their beer. They show their alcohol like they're so proud of that. What kind of nincompoot is that? That guy's crippled too high for crutches. Something's wicked about that. Like glorifying some alcohol. I'm cool now. No, you're, you're an idiot. Stay away from alcohol. Separate from this world. Don't think like the world. Don't act like the world. Don't want to be like the world. And let me just say to you, I got it in me and you got it in you. We want to feel, fit in instead of stand out. It's in me. I don't want to stand out. I want to fit in. I don't like the stigma. I don't want to really bear my cross everywhere I go. Sometimes people would do things on vacation they would never do at home because they're tempted to fit in instead of stand out. You know what? The thing about John the Baptist, he brought joy and gladness to his parents. He was great in the sight of God. God thought a lot of him. And he was separated from the world. And his heart was to turn others to the Lord. I'll just tell you something. I love Christian education, but it's hard. It's difficult. It's costly. How I thank God for people. One thing I'm going to miss about Brother Dick Kennedy, he loved Hammond Baptist schools. Many times in my eight and a half years, he said, hey, you know anybody needs some tuition help? I'll help them. 
It's been a long time since he paid a school bill out there for any of his kids. All of them, he paid it for them. But a guy who's been there, done that, says, you know, I want to help somebody else. I appreciate that. I'm just telling you, Christian education is too difficult just to educate someone's mind. If we can't train young people who will know how to go soul winning, how to win people to Christ, how to disciple, how to be Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And you know, young, young people can't do that unless mom and dad decide to do it. One of the things I love about watching these young people sing is I watch them play basketball and volleyball on th- Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and I see them stand up and sing. I saw them at soul winning. Saw them on the, on the, on the, uh, the float yesterday. I see him going out and talking to people about Jesus Christ. I don't care if you can dunk a basketball. I don't care if you can shoot a basketball. I don't care if you can spike a volleyball. If you can't serve the Lord and win people to Christ, go someplace else. There needs to be a balance going on. And I think John the Baptist was like that. Let me tell you why John the Baptist was like that. Because of Zacharias and because of his mother Elizabeth. I see something inside of them. Let me tell you something, Mom and Dad. We don't produce what we want. We produce what we are. If you're caustic and complaining, you think you're going to have kids that are not going to be complaining and caustic against you? If you can't read your Bible, do you think your kids all of a sudden are going to just get all together and they're going to be walking with God one day? Oh, occasionally that comes, that comes around. Every once in a while you see... Something special come out of a home that dad and mom were loosey-goosey. I'm telling you, friends, there needs, to be a, there needs to be a checkup from the heart up for every mom and dad in this room. Things I love about it, Zacharias and, and about his lovely wife, Elizabeth, they were faithful before they ever had kids. They were faithful through the hard times. She was barren. That's hard in any culture, but it was very hard in this culture. People thought there's something wrong with her. They, they gave her a hard time. But you know, I, I, I love this about this. They, they just decided to be faithful even though they didn't understand what was going on. Moms and dads, be faithful. Some of you are here tonight, but you're normally not here on a Sunday night. It's hard to get you here on a Sunday morning. And you're trying to raise your children in the nursery and the Lord, you ought, to, you ought to decide, you know what? It's, it's not enough just to mentor. you got to model. You're going to have to get up there and say, you know, listen, if this is important to God, it's important to us. They were faithful. I find that they were, they were prayerful. They prayed. Are you a praying grandfather? Are you a praying grandmother? Are you a praying mom, a praying dad? When it's all said and done, will people say, you know what? My dad prayed. This week, I had the opportunity last week to drive uh, Brother Samuel and Miss Talitha down from the college down to Tennessee and spent three days with her, their, their mother who was going into eternity. One of the things I talked about on the way down there, Brother Matt Swain and I did, we talked about, tell us about your dad. We just, we just, he just went to heaven in, in April. I said, tell me about your dad. And you know, just listen to him. One of the things they said to us was, he prayed. He liked to pray. He spent time with God. He would take long walks. Sometimes we would see him and we would hear him pray. I love that about my dad. Would your kids say that about you? Tell me about your mom. Oh, she's always telling people about Jesus. He's very faithful. 
She loved my dad. She wanted to please God. Is that what you would hear from your kids if someone were to ask them that? They were faithful. They were prayerful. I find also they were patient through problems. They had difficult times. Nobody's life is easy. Your life can be hard. My life can be hard. It's all speckled. And by the way, for some of us, and I'm not, I'm not to, to beat up anybody here tonight in any way. I'm not even thinking about anybody. If you think I'm thinking about you, I'm thinking about somebody else. I'm just joking. I'm not thinking about anyone. But I will say this, okay? I, I, I will say this, that, that all of us have some difficulties. All of us have to. And some of us, we can't make a new beginning. But we can make a new ending. Say, Pastor, I haven't been praying much for my kids. Well, well, you can't go back, but you can make a new ending. You can say, you know what, today's the first day of the rest of my life, and I've got to figure some of this stuff out. I, I can't help but think that they, they were people who were uh, people of faith, people who prayed, people who were patient, people who were serious. They were serious. They only had one boy. They were older, but they were serious. They, they knew they needed to discipline them. Moms and dads, your kid is not going to bring you joy and gladness. He's going to bring you pain and sadness if you don't discipline them. If you don't help them when they're young, every child, six, seven months old, should know what no means. We're not going to do that. Letting your child run your life, setting your schedule based upon your child, that's the wrong way to do it, in my opinion. They'll follow along. You, you, you do what God wants you to do, and you let them follow along in that situation. You teach them early. The Bible says, a man who, who hateth his child spareth the discipline. But he that loveth his child chasteneth him be times. Be times means early on. Help them early. Children don't even remember most of the discipline they receive before they're three, four years old. Our memory just wiped out. Oh, but they do understand obedience, respect, yes, no, no ma'am, no sir. That's, we're not doing that. Help them. I think you've got to get some parents who are serious about, about taking care. And by the way, all of it rests upon one word, stewardship. If you will remember that your kid belongs to God, doesn't one day belong to you, the Lord lets us know about that. Children are in heritage of, they're yours. They're not yours, they're his. So you ought to pray. You ought to read Proverbs. You ought to read the scripture and say, how does God want this child to be directed, trained, disciplined? Train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, will not depart from it. Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up. By the way, if there's a dad, the devil wants to get men especially angry and absent and abusive and addicted and aloof and just, just, let, the, just let, let the mom raise the child. Don't do that. Mom and dad, you get on the same page. Work together. Communicate. Pray. Say, God, now if you're a single mom, and we got some beautiful single moms in this church family, and it's a much more challenging for you. God can help you. And those of us who get to go to church and with single moms and single dads, uh, we ought to pray especially for them. We ought to support them and encourage them. But I love this about Zacharias and, and Elizabeth. They were faithful. They were prayerful. They were patient. 
They were serious and they were stewards of God's responsibility. It's a wonderful program tonight. But these are not just songs that we'll sing at Christmas time. These are kids and children who need somebody to walk them through, pray them through, and support, their, support the program that God has given them for their lives. Let's ask God to help us with that. Can